a bonus banter where we answer your questions and talk about nothing. I've been sick. We've all been sick. I've been, I've been really sick. I've been sick. Cat <laughs> just wow, coughed. Thanks. I tried so hard to hold it in. We haven't recorded anything at all whatsoever except for maybe a bonus banter when Drow was still miserably sick. Did we even did we? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think we did oh, one at the beginning yeah. of the year. Did. It's uh, the one where I said that I was gonna get worse for this uh, New Year's. That's right. The last yep. episode yep. we recorded was in November. Um, y'all guys listening, remember that week where I was like, hey, Derek's really sick and can't finish the episode? I never really got better. <sighs> I got less close to death. Um, <sighs> yeah. But if you wonder why a lot of these episodes have been like Wednesday morning instead of midnight on Wednesday, that's why. Mm-hmm. Uh, by some yeah. miracle, I've been able to do the opener voice, but uh, it's been rough. We've had a rough time. I was convinced that I was going to have to stand in, which would have been really funny. <laughs> it, I didn't let you do it because I know what happens when we do the announcer. On this your, episode of the Third Gallon Podcast. It just wrecks your voice. It makes it sound really weird. <laughs> um, we tried it before. I was I was this close to just mm-hmm. foregoing the opener. I, I thought you were going to say And for just goring. doing like an intro music a little bit and then fade into it. Mm-hmm. But like I felt... I felt bad. I felt like I was cheating people, so yeah. I didn't do it. But like, what would you, you prefer to, to have happen, audience? You had to take care of yourself, Derek. Mm-hmm. That's important. Okay, I did. That's why I came out late. I took a nap. I was faced between uh, work hard while I'm feeling tired and do the episode, or take a nap and just it comes out when it comes out. And you I chose were, nap. You were faced with working harder, hardly working. You guys. Oh my god. You guys got all that, and then Jacob and I got sick, and we can't figure out whether we got food poisoning or a stomach bug. Or both. <laughs> but we had a very bad time. Or both. I For me, crying out loud, we could have ha- genuinely had both. It was bad, y'all. Me and Drow both got some sort of bacterial infection thing that mm. makes you sick for weeks and mm-hmm. weeks and weeks. I've had one before. They call it the eight-week virus. Well, that's not a virus. Our, mine was a virus. Because Couldn't do a thing about it. No yeah. antibiotics. Because like I had one day of being like normal virus like sick with the fever, aches and chills and everything. Mm-hmm. And then I felt shitty for a while. And then my ear got infected and I started feeling really bad and on death's door. And so I went to the doctor and it was bad because they're all in their PPE dressed up and they're, they're like pitying me as I'm in there and I can mm-hmm. barely talk and the doctor has like hearing aids that I saw and my throat like <sighs> barely works at this point in time so that was a comedy show um, and they gave me antibiotics what? yeah it's like just write it down on a piece of paper wish you could use the TTS at the doctor's I office I legitimately used a TTS <laughs> yeah. app on my phone and when we would get on discord calls I, I couldn't play video games for like five days that's how sick I was yep and then when we when I got better enough to play I would get on the discord call and listen and then open up the chat part of the call in discord and mm-hmm. do TTS to everyone there and so I spoke like a robot for another probably like five days he watches he watches over. over. He watches over. He watches over. I was so much more <laughs> vulgar with the TTS, I feel like. <laughs> it was, it, we missed hearing you, but it was hilarious Jacob, too. Jacob, come clean up your tree mess in Valheim. 
You disgust, you disgusting fuck. Watch is over. Because Jacob will over. just leave all the downed trees yes. because he hates trees and video games. Yeah. Troglodyte looking ass out here. Listen. Nothing in video games makes him happier than flat, even ground and deforestation. Mm. Oh, even better if I could flatten the ground, but you can't do that very well in Valheim. Yeah, but all that to say, guys, we've been sick as hell, <laughs> like really sick. Really? And there's a reason this whole like re- releasing episodes every other week has been a lifeline. Yes, if we were releasing yeah. weekly, they wouldn't have come out for a while, yeah. and we would have run out of episodes because of how long we were sick. <laughs> Drow got sick at the beginning of December. Has uh-huh. only just started to come around. I'm still sick. The but only you, reason I don't sound congested as hell is because I just did a neti pot. You drugs, yeah. seem drugs, to be drugs, drugs. Like you seem to be feeling at least a couple notches better than before. Is what I think we're all saying. Mm-hmm. You, you're. I'm not as genuinely worried Is for that you I'll right now. Over? Yes, I was genuinely worried for you earlier. You had the worst chronic sinus infection. Mm-hmm. They put a camera up my nose. Yeah. For real? Like yeah. two days ago. You at, we were at the office and I was sitting in the lobby and they said, they're going to, in all caps, they're going to put a camera up my nose. Do you want to see? And I was like, <laughs> no. Uh, no. That's I don't tempting. I, I don't, oh. You could just straight up magic school bus up Drow's nose. How was it? Is it like Death New Stranding? New Patreon reward. How, how, <laughs> they did go down my throat too. How was it? Did you see like the baby going, like Death Stranding trailer? Uh, so... The doctor was like, hey, look, that's you. And I'm like, of course it is. The camera's <laughs> facing me. <laughs> I, I don't know what it is about doctors, but apparently they think I'm seven. Uh, you do bring the little things, the comfort items. The I didn't little, even have carnation with me. You didn't? Okay. No. I thought you had your little. I was just sitting there. Your little stuffy. I have a little pink cat named carnation. Oh. Because I'm very afraid of needles. But anyway. Understandable. Just understandable. He's like, hey, look, that's you. And it's the most horrifying under the chin shot as it's going up. And I'm like, I can see <laughs> I can see so much that I need to wax. I have never wanted to be this close to my own face. It starts going in and then it's the back of my throat all of a sudden. And he's like, you're going to feel a little pinch. And then he goes, Argh! Oh, no, no, I don't want to do that. No. And it wasn't all that bad. No, 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 I'm, no, I'm no, exaggerating. No, 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 no. Of course I'm exaggerating. Even unexaggerated. No. And then it was my throat through my nose, which was not great. Huh? He's like, do you have a bad acid reflux? And I'm like, I throw up every day. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> I wonder if they could get a camera past my tonsils. Patreon goal unlocked. <laughs> it's like, you know when they do the Shake flu swab test? <laughs> and I don't know if it's the flu swab or the other one, but there's one where they swab your nose and then there's one where they swab oh, the back I, of your throat. I tell you exactly. Mm-hmm. The strep one is the back of the throat. This is yep. strep one. The mm-hmm. flu and COVID are up the nose. Yep. Because when I get a strep swab, I have to physically be held down from the head because I just start to go up. If it's my nose and for the strep, I go back and I have to like lean against the wall and the doctor's like, surely you don't. It's like, you, do you want me to get this test done or not? I back the chair up to the wall. I hold myself down by the thing. This is how I save you from getting kicked, doctor. (laughs) I know because I've had three of each in the past month. The funny thing to me is people talk about the COVID nose one, about how it's invasive or whatever. It's not it's it not was that bad. really not bad. Yeah. I was like, if you do it to yourself, it's not as bad. I think I had just have a big nose because, like, I was like, are you, are you doing anything? Like, you can go <laughs> further. It's fine. Touch my brain. <laughs> when I took the Egyptian COVID test mummy. at home. By the way, this is what's infuriating about whatever disease we've had. I had took all those 
tests multiple times, mm-hmm. always negative, mm-hmm. even the at-home one. So I just take into what we had, uh, I call it, I can't believe it's not strep <laughs> because that's what it feels like. I told the doctor that and he laughed. <laughs> that felt good. But I felt like Jacob because the la- what, what my experience with the dis- disease was is it ping-ponged around my head. So it was like ear infection, sinus infection, general illness, and those kind of went away. And then it was another sinus infection in a different part of my face. Ugh. And then it went between the different lymph nodes swelling up and making my yeah. throat sore. And then it, thing. Last thing it's got so far is my tonsil, uh-uh. my right tonsil. And that sucked. Yeah, how does it feel like to be me on it a normal was really day bad. without being sick? <laughs> well, I mean, well, yours aren't normally inflamed. <laughs> they're so big, they might as well be. They're so big, the doctors often Jacob's think Jacob's uvula constantly touches one of his tonsils. That's not my problem. All day, every Girl. day. With it being big? I could not I didn't imagine have it, being The him. airway blocked. It was just like red and oh, inflamed oh, oh, and yeah. sore. So like swallowing anything felt like being stabbed from my throat up into my ear. Uh-huh. And, like, I didn't hardly eat anything for two days. I never want to look inside anybody's we, throat ever again. We got the food poisoning slash stomach bug, and it was so bad that I took a day off of work impromptu. And those of you who know me know how big of a deal that is. I took a whole week off of work. That's how sick I was. I used up most of my sick time in, like, the second week of January. Mm. I couldn't do too many days or else I'd have had to have brought a doctor's note, and I didn't go to the doctor for my... Stomach bugs doctor. slash food the poisoning. F- I was so afraid because I knew how bad Drow had had it. I went to the doctor the first day I was sick. Yeah. And they thought it was the flu. And I was like, I know it's not, but maybe I got, I got vaccinated against the flu. So that shouldn't be it. Um, and then I went back when I got worse and it was not the flu. But um, they gave me a doctor's note that day. I was mm-hmm. like, sure, why not? I don't need this, but I'll take it. And they gave me a doctor's note for the wrong person. Oh, was it for I didn't me? check it until I got home, like a week after I got home, and I saw it was to someone completely different. Oh my god! Some other person has my doctor's note, and I hope it didn't mess them up. I um, I I, I have the flu going around my workplace, and people are great. She says with great sarcasm as they tell me exactly which strand of the flu they have. Yep. And I've got my flu shot, but I've not had it for terribly long because I've been so sick I couldn't get my shot. And I'm just like, y'all stay away. Don't you come back to work. I will kick you out the door. You stay away from me. But you guys want to know something funny? Oh. Now we can transition away from being horribly sick. (laughs) Not clowns. In a recent episode we released, I think this, because these come out faster than the actual episodes. I think it's the last one, 68. Uh Uh-huh. Where we talked, we did. We opened up with the whole Shadow Wizard Money Gang about we next. We love Spells. Uh, <laughs> one of our listeners here, I got to pull this up exactly. Oh, that was Prince, right? Yeah, Prince Casper, I think, commented, knowing the meme, Shadow Wizard Money Gang. Uh, this episode sponsored. This episode sponsored by the, the Shadow, Shadow Government. Government. I responded because I love the stupid meme with like radioactive emojis, legalized nuclear bombs. <laughs> and then I came back. <laughs> oh, my no. comment is deleted. It's gone. <laughs> I think it got moderated. Oh, Your oh comment my God. so got I moderated. I didn't delete it. I don't know who did. So it must have been a moderator or something. And I think that is so hilarious. That's very funny. Thanks uh, for shadow banning us. So yeah. if, if anyone saw that and saw it was gone, it wasn't me. I commented, I was in on the meme, legalized nuclear bombs, but YouTube didn't think that mm-hmm. was funny, and no. YouTube's wrong. You need to just put a bunch of asterisks in, talk about it in the same way that uh, TikTok does to get around people's filters. In Minecraft. I guess. 
I'm just I've of all the things to filter because I have seen some legalized spicy air bombs. I have seen you some, can't you can't use that for their word either. Remember. But I have seen some blatant things that should be filtered legalized on other channels. Uh-huh. And the fact that things. legalized nuclear bombs is what hit the censor <laughs> is really funny to me. And I thought I should bring that up because it's stupid. Audience, how would you get around saying the word nu- the words nuclear bomb in a in a YouTube chat? Microwave explosive. Ooh. I don't know. Explosive is another thing. Oh, wow. that's tight. No, microwave boom boom. Split mm. atom. No, that, that won't work either. Hmm. Anyway, go boom. <laughs> Legalize uranium fever. Spicy thing I drop to flatten the land. Could use one of those. Spicy mic. land flattener. Spicy land flattener. The biggest bulldozer. The biggest bulldozer. The dozer. The delete button. Oh no, that's terrible. No, please anyway. don't keep that. That was bad. Uh, I thought you guys would enjoy that. It made me. I was. I saw it recently, like a couple days ago, and it actually made me laugh that it was gone. Um, <laughs> but uh, now that we've done talking about being about how sick we are and how desperate we are to return to normal, mm-hmm. uh, we did something new recently. Uh, most of us. Uh, I'm yeah. running a five E. Outlier. A Dungeons and Dragons. It's called Outlier. <gasps> Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, I'm uh-huh. running D and D five E for a group of people online. The Forbidden Lands group we had. Uh, the Forbidden Lands thing kind of died out. Yeah. Uh, for scheduling reasons, you know, killer of all campaigns. Yeah. Um, but we have been able to find a new e- time slot e- to play together. F. F in chat. E in chat. <laughs> e in yeah, leave an E in chat for the Forbidden Lands game, a according melee. to Jacob. Whack. <laughs> It's corpse. <laughs> Press E to pay respects. What the fuck is wrong with you? So many things. I want to go back to being sick. Right now, my tummy kind of hurts. Oh, so. no. <laughs> that sounds Dominant. about right. That sounds about right. Uh, but uh, I've had, and I, I'll go ahead and say it because we're not going to do it here now. I've had... Uh, Icewind Dale, Rime of the Frost Maiden, since it came out, because y'all know me, and I love the cold adventures. You give me some winter themed <laughs> yeah. adventures yeah. with the blue cover, that's my jam. So <laughs> I've been. It is the blue cover. Yeah. Some fairy stuff. Oh, my favorite. Um, but I've had that, and that's one of the things I thought, hey, maybe we, we, before the podcast got rolling, it's like maybe that's one of the things we could pull out on the podcast. Um, and now that I've started running it, I'm really glad I didn't do it for the podcast. <laughs> Mostly because we played 5e before, so it wouldn't have been as interesting. And also because... Because so. I have some words about 5e. Um, I'm surprised y'all even played it, to be honest. It's fun. Uh, don't get me wrong. This campaign is looking to be really fun. Oh, I heard the fun from the other side of the room in the computer room. But uh, <laughs> oh, I, have, no! I have words. Um, so just really quick overview of the game. Uh, we're, you know, we're doing Icewind Dale, Rhyme of the Frostmaid. We just started. We had our first, we had the session zero, and then we had our first session session about a week ago. We got, what, six players? We do. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. You want to talk about your characters real quick, both of you? I just fire cleric. We homebrewed. We homebrewed. <laughs> <laughs> I feel Same. dirty saying I know, right? All right, tell we, us uh, about your homebrew, Jacob. Tell us about your 5e homebrew character. We, we homebrewed a yeah. uh, domain for my cleric that's the Tempest, but every time it says electric, replace it with fire, and there you go. Yeah, I'm shocked that 5e and all of its content he says with quotation marks didn't have a Ooh, fire, fire domain. domain yeah bro 
and you're, you're you're the most tiefling. You're like standard issue. Yeah, hot red, off the presses. Red tiefling, horns, glowy eyes, dark hair, likes fire. It's got the, got the traditional Satan beard, except yeah. a little bit less pointy at the bottom. Yeah. So that's yeah, just fire cleric. That's my guy in in, in a nutshell. And what's his name? Uh, his name is Sebastian. 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 Does he talk like Sean Connery? Sebastian. No. That'd be fun, though. Have, it's actually very hard. I'm trying to do a voice for him. That's very hard to nail down. Uh, what are you trying to get at? I don't know where I've heard it you from. You sound like Little German Boy. It might. Oh, my God. <laughs> the, I think the closest I could get to oh it my God. is a oh smidge of the accent from the uh, German man in, in Django. Uh, and then I'm probably, probably a lot from the German character in the Call of Duty Zombies. The problem being, I haven't actually heard Rick, him a Richtofen. lot. Dr. Yeah. Richtofen. Yeah. Uh, the thing was, I just, I'm not very familiar with him because when we play zombies, I don't think either of us gets to be Rick. We don't random. play that one very often. Well, I think it's random. I think one of them is always Tank Dempsey. No, if you play by yourself, it's random. If you play with other people, it's like in it's an order. Tank and then... I want to say it's Rick defends the second one, but I don't know. I, we don't hear the no, voices very Nikolai. often. I think that's Nikolai. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, I think it's the um, American and then the Russian guy. But yeah, the, the important part to my character is just <laughs> fire cleric. You say owned in Russian? I said, I'll be the healer, but I'm going to hurt people. Yeah. Uh, and mm-hmm. there we go. Yeah. You said, I'm a cleric. <laughs> a cleric that can cast fireball. Uh-huh. Isn't that cool? Beautiful. Well, eventually, but yeah. And what's your character, Drow? I'm playing God's most special princess and the most interesting girl in the world. Uh, their name is Harrowheart, which is very much so a play off of how much Shadowheart. How much I fucking hate I just find her so irritating. And I know that she's an okay character. I know that she's got an interesting backstory. You just winced in pain. Uh-huh. I just, I think she's overrated. And I'm going to say this too about my personal favorite. I think Asterion's overrated too. Yeah. I think I think there's been too much hype around a lot of these characters. Listen, everyone They're knows Carlac is the best and that if you like evil things, you join up with Minthara. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. That's about yep. right. And then there's Halson. Bear. He's, He's a, a bear. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but what what is your class a for the character? I'm a wizard. A wizard. A wizard. Mm-hmm. I am a fire genasi. Yeah. Or an Ifrit, if you want to be better. A Pathfinder term. A yeah. Janikin. A Janikin. A Fire Janikin. A Fire Janikin. Janikin. A Fire Janikin. A Fire Janikin. It's just Guy Fieri. There's a character idea for you for free. I'm rolling up to Flavor Town. <laughs> and your character's from Waterdeep, right? I'm from Waterdeep, yes. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah, but... Uh, so that's the characters. I won't go into everyone else's characters because there's a lot of them. Um, but it's fun playing 5e. But after using Hero Lab Online so much for Pathfinder 2nd Edition, D&D Beyond is really nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not as powerful. Hero Lab Online is a very powerful tool, but its UI is sucky and it's expensive. Yeah. Um, it takes so many clicks to do anything in Hero Lab Online. And also, it's just not very well thought out. If you have a spell book in Hero Lab Online, uh, good luck. Yeah. It's bad. It was bad mm-hmm. in Classic. Classic wasn't so bad for spell books. Once you knew, what you, were, once you, knew what you were doing, great. it wasn't bad. It was not great. Um, you had to figure it out first. But somehow, they took the horrible spell book managing process and made it, it worse. Made it worse. 
The pitch is so much worse. I hate it so much. Because I play a wizard in Pathfinder 2nd Edition too. The second the Pathfinder second second, second edition. edition. But like it's at the point now when we finish Outlaws, if we do other stuff, I'm debating just making us use Foundry or switching to Demiplane if it's more mature at that point. Because Hero Lab Online, I've paid a lot of money for it over the years too. Mm-hmm. It's just, after using D&D Beyond, it's frustrating. D&D Beyond's character creation wizard is not that great. It's a little clunky going through the builder process, but it works. And it, it does is work. A, and it is a character creation wizard. When you open up a new character in Hero Lab Online, it's just red everywhere. Yeah. Uh-huh. And you have to walk through all the different things. There's no guided process. And then once you have everything built, getting the information in front of your face is super irritating. But that's that's one point. I'll say classic was better. Yes, it classic was. was way better. That's a that's a point in D and D's favor. However, I came here to complain. That's I am right. here to complain about Five mm-hmm. E, yeah. and that's why you're here too, audience. And like, let me just be clear: if you're a player of Five E, this is not that's for good. you. Yeah. Like, this message of complaint has nothing to do with you. If you're having fun playing it, that's awesome. More power to you. This is for the Five E DMs out there. This is for all the dungeon masters. It sucks to be a dungeon master for 5e. Like, it really does. I was so spoiled on Pathfinder Adventure Paths because you can literally just read them. Like, Clock them out of the book. You kind yep. of peruse it, and then you read it once, make some notes so you know your encounters are coming up, and then run it straight out of the book, and you will probably be fine. Mm-hmm. There might come some weird situations like we had with Shoma, but those are rare and usually not of major consequence. Well, Shoma, Shoma was only because someone died in that fight. If no one had died in that fight, it would uh-huh. not have been as nearly as big of a deal. Okay. Yeah. It would have been nothing, but someone died, boy. and that's why it was bad. Yeah. But 5e, listen, literally the way Rhyme of the Frost Maiden starts is it doesn't actually have an opener for you like any adventure path does. There's nothing. And how you open an adventure is really important yeah. for how you oh, bring yeah. a party together. Yeah. Um, and there's nothing. Uh, we've talked, I think, a little bit about how we've played some Rise of the Rune Lords. That's the best adventure opener I've ever seen. That <sighs> one opens with a festival, and there's like it's like a fair. There's tons of games and stuff for you to do, and your characters can all start not knowing each other. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you can kind of see each other playing games. Yeah, they have things you can do before you meet each other, and they give you a solid reason to meet each other. Because the festival yeah. gets ambushed by goblins, and you well, fight. Even before then, you're brought together for a game. Sometimes you and could even like only see each other and well, not directly true. interact. That's true. Yeah. And then like after that happens, the goblin fight happens, and you're like the people who help save the town. All of a sudden, boom. You have a party formed. Um, that does not, nothing like that exists. The Outlaws one was actually pretty good because you build your character hating Mugland or Loveless. Mm-hmm. And then there's a cutscene. It was an assembled team. And then it pulls you together like you're an assembled team, you know? Yeah. No, don't marvelize us. You've been pulled together by someone above you to do a job. And like uh, it makes sense for your characters. It's not the you meet in a tavern. You meet in a tavern is always a cop-out for adventures like Rhyme of the Frostmaid that just do not have anything. Well, well hold, but everybody should at least have one game. That's where, where you meet in a tavern. But that's like, if your characters that's don't know each other, it. it's really yeah. hard to get them stuck together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and you'll spend like the whole first three sessions trying to make that work. Especially if your character's irritating. Mm. Yep. If you are not forced to go with them, there's a good chance people will try to leave. And so like, the, literally the way it opens is just like, there's two cold open quests. And one mm. of them is just like, hey, 
people have been being murdered. I saw this guy and I don't like him. Go kill him. Oh my, for reals? How do you know it's him? I don't know. But uh, I just I like I got him. a bad feeling about him. Well, I'm putting a hit on this person I suspect and have no evidence. Really? That's as, bad. As the players at the table can tell. I didn't use that. Yeah. yeah. Because it's so stupid. It's weak. And also the encounter itself is like really not good. If you have a party of four first level adventurers, it would probably nearly kill some of you. Wow. Yeah, it's mm. stupid. It's dumb. And so like, <laughs> I didn't know this. And then I ran Tomb of Annihilation about three or four years ago and hit me in the face with how bad the modules are. People really like them, but like... They give you a lot to work with, but you have to glue it together yourself. Yeah. They're a really good starting place for people who like to homebrew, which I think a lot of uh, 5e adventure path creators assume you want to do. It boggles my mind. Like, why am I going to buy a pre-written module and only take parts of it and glue them together. It still have to do work. I paid mm-hmm. money. The adventure should mostly be given to me, and then I just have to run yeah. it. That cuts down on my prep. Like Pathfinder. But yeah, like Pathfinder. I've had to do so much work to bring this thing up and running. I'm very proud of it. It's challenged me a lot as a GM because the first two chapters of Ram the Frostmaiden are sandboxes. And that's another complaint I have is people <laughs> in f- the 5e GM community seem really terrified to make a of linear railroading. adventure and railroading. But the thing is, when you have a sandbox, because we've played Forbidden Lands, and when you have a pure sandbox, it is on the players to drive things. And most of the players, you guys included, sorry, really don't like doing that. <laughs> You guys want to have some cool thing dangled in front of you yes. and go chase okay. it. Okay. What it is but, is but carrot on carrot is better than stick. Yeah. Well, no, but like the 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 sandbox thing is GMs are so afraid they want you guys to like to go just interact with things and figure out what you want to do instead of me like putting leads in right there there. At least that's what I can figure. But like what ends up happening is they don't want to be linear, but instead of like a straight line being drawn from we find this plot, we progress and we f- figure it out, it's like a little zigzag of all these little breadcrumbs I have to spread in front of you to get there anyway. So it's like what's the point? It's like if you just had characters well built for the adventure, you would never feel like you're on a line anyway. Yeah. So uh, it's just it's irritating. <laughs> It's a different style of GMing, I get, but it feels like it's trying to tackle a problem that shouldn't be there if you make the right characters anyway, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, And then there's the bigger problems in the module, which I don't want to spoil the module, but like some things, some chapters are just not tied together at all. Like it goes from being sandboxy to being linear anyway. And then there's like, Four, three or four arcs of the adventure and some of them have no connection whatsoever. In an adventure path, a book might be different parts of it, but there's one overlying thing that they're connected on. Like book one was about Gattleby, basically. <laughs> and book two is about Pyronite and the formula. But yeah. there's still mm-hmm. this Pyronite, Muglin, Loveless thing tying everything together, right? Doesn't exist in some of these modules. <laughs> there's a there's almost an illusion of choice whenever you have a sandbox that immediately fine points. Exactly. It's like you're gonna get to this point anyway. Why not have a really pre made but like intentional start to it? A very well made, well written, intentional start. 
Yeah. Could be preferable. What mm-hmm. I my opener that I had to write for it is uh, thankfully one of our characters has uh, part of his backstory is he has a brother, and his brother is one of the people that leads people from the rest of Faerun into Icewind Dale and back. And so I used that as all the characters that weren't from Icewind Dale were on a caravan coming into town. And the other two were going into the same town. A blizzard happens, and by, you know, DM story magic in the beginning, the caravan stops and the other two groups find the caravan and huddle up to wait out the blizzard. So now you have people meeting each other and they have to just talk and wait. And then when the blizzard finishes, everyone's packing up and getting back on the road and you got attacked by wildlife. There's an encounter. Now you're kind of loosely know each other and you make it to town and we had some set pieces and you made it to a tavern. You've already fought together, which means when you make it to town in a town full of strangers, you're more likely to stick together because you know each other. Yeah. And then, it, yeah, go but from But you there. got to the tavern to kind of celebrate getting there and yeah. then like feasibly you could have gone your separate ways the next morning, but the next morning- Someone uh, hired us. A, a quest came in. Yeah. So that is whole cloth made up from scratch because- that's an actual opener to an adventure that brings characters together. And the module didn't give me anything like that. Um, Please don't be afraid of railroading. It's so much better than letting things fizzle out. A good train ride is a good train ride. And also just like, you won't notice railroading if you've really worked with the characters to make sure that they've made, people have made the right character for the adventure. Like if you read the player's guide for Outlaws of Alkenstar, you basically have to make a character that has been personally affected by Muglin and Loveless. Yeah. And if you've done that, the opener makes total sense. Yeah. The ride makes total sense. It doesn't feel like you're on a railroad. It feels like you're chasing after it something. Feels natural. Mm-hmm. It's like though though speaking from a from someone who didn't choose Muglin as their enemy, I kind of wish I had chosen Muglin kinda, as my yeah, enemy. That's, yeah, that's for the, But I didn't know when the character guide said either. I've got opinions yeah. on that when we get to the catching up. Yeah. <laughs> We're about to but, we're about to finish recording book two. Yeah. Uh, things are happening. Um, but we don't want to spoil that. Exactly. Uh, mm-hmm. But other than that, for 5e, I will say what's cool about it is because it's the big game, it has a lot of tools and support from other GMs. So that's really cool. Um, it's yeah. It's been really nice to pull from that. Uh, but for all the cool things that it's been, it's like all of it is just trying to get over how few systems there are in the GM's guide and how... Um, broken the CR system is for one mm-hmm. um, and lack of monsters for another. Um, but my other big gripe about 5e as like a product, not necessarily a game system, is that whenever you get into Pathfinder and you want to run things in Galarian, there in the second edition core rulebook, uh, I don't know how this will translate into the new remastered books, but in the core rulebook, there is like an overview of what you need to know at a high level of Galarian. Like here's the world, here's like the high notes. And then there's like book after book after book that you can get to kind of deep dive you into the part of Galarian that you need. So if you're running Outlaws Valkenstar, Lost Omens and Possible Lands is a fantastic book that will give you everything you need to know, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, in first edition, there's already this huge backlog of books. So like, you know, there's a lot of lore there, but you can get exactly what you need. You can get the high level and then the specifics for your area really easily. And all of it is made for running games. With 5e, there's so many settings. There's... Um, They're disjointed. The Forgotten Realms, right? That's the big one. But there's also Eberron. There's also Greyhawk, which is there. It has gods in it, and like things are referred to in it all the time. 
Uh, and Ravenloft. Ravenloft, I guess. And then the Magic the Gathering one, Dragonlance. And then the different things from Critical Role like Tal'Dorei and Wildmount, right? But only some of these have actual books you can buy. Yeah. If you want to run a game like we are in the Forgotten Realms, the big D&D setting, the one the mm-hmm. movie is set in, the one Baldur's Gate is set in, like... There's nothing. There's one book that's called The Sword Coast Adventurer's Guide, and it's just for player characters to make characters for Forgotten Realms. If you're a GM and you want to set something in, oh, I don't know, Icewind Dale or Waterdeep or Neverwinter, there's nothing for you. I had to go look up 3.0 and older books and some uh. 4.0 e-books to kind of get an idea. And then I had to like deep dive on YouTube just to understand it because Forgotten Realms has like a bunch of novels and video games <laughs> and a bunch of old content for it, but there's nothing in 5.0 for it. And it's like impossible to figure out. It's so inaccessible. It makes me so... I'm getting red-aced over this, guys. Yeah, you are. <laughs> You're getting revved up. We need to change uh-huh. topics to something else you hate so you can relax from this. Don't do it to me, James. Epic <laughs> Games. <laughs> Don't get me started on Epic Games. Like, I'm not ready. <laughs> but, like, I just it really irritates me because it's like red-aced. 5e is so... Getting over here. It's so... Oh, my goodness. ...stuck in this idea that you're going to make your own homebrew world and you're going to play a nonlinear sandbox adventure and that is the only way to play that if you know you dare want to run something in an official world and run some pre-published content you basically have to do all the work anyway it's so dumb um pathfinder is like the exact opposite there is a sanctioned world with a ton of real content about it and the adventures are actually good um like i will say like there's good 5e adventures but you have to do so much work to get them to show their full potential and there's things like motivation issues. At the end of every adventure path, I got motivational got issues. Motivational issues. But at the end of every adventure path, like there's going to be a like a two page call out for not just the like final boss, but like the final couple bosses or like underlings or whatever. And they'll have like backstory. They'll have a lot of depth at the end, so that like if something happens and you're BBEG doesn't die or like needs more roleplay stuff, it's there for you. Sometimes in 5e, it's just like, yeah, that's the bad guy. Why are they doing this? They're the bad guy. <laughs> I have a feeling that you're never going to get like a Rokar Sindrin in 5e. And Rokar Sindrin was the first bad guy we met. And I hated him in so Rain of specifically Winter. in Reign of Winter. Yes. Reign of Winter was such a weird intro. It, it was a little bit weaker. I'm not going to yeah, lie. It was but a weak one. as soon as Rokar Sindrin hit, <laughs> that f- I <laughs> hate him so much. I hate him so much. I think about him most days. I'm not going to lie. Norgaber or Rokar? Or yes. yes. Oh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. Okay. If I, if I start thinking about Pathfinder, I'm like, huh, fuck that guy. Trell has such a passionate hatred of Norgaber. I it's hate Norgaber so much. We need to talk about your hatred has, of halflings. It has made me hate halflings. <laughs> yep. Drow went on a rant the other day about halflings and Pathfinder. Your Discord name is I hate and halflings. Like, what, what do you have against halflings? They're they Norgaber. Yeah, I saw this. After coming back, do they do? I was like, Uh I saw this from coming back after you know a short. I had to take Uh a break, stuff, and then there, I just find all this stuff about hatred of halflings and Norgber, and like, where did it come from? Okay, Norgber sucks. So seriously, Norgber sucks. Norgber sucks. (laughs) Norgber sucks. Audience, 
Norgerber is kind of cool in jail. The Norgerber is the god that you follow if you want to cause problems not only for your party but for yourself, maybe society at large. You'd think that would be it's, something I'm into. I'm not. It's too far even for me. Secrets, assassination, poison, that that deal. Uh-huh. It's just bad guys. He's the he's the penultimate remorseless bad guy. Well, there's not just him. Oh, Ergothoa. He's the slimy bad guy god. Uh-huh. He doesn't even have a face. Anyway, at least Ergothoa is sexy about it. I, I don't, don't so. know. What the heck? <laughs> Disagree, but continue. Weird okay. flex, but not okay. Okay, I like a skeleton woman. Okay. Ergothoa makes me uncomfortable. She's, she's freaky. Ergothoa is just so... Blase about it. There's nothing known about him. Too many secrets. Too many secrets. You follow him if you're a bad guy. You follow him if you're probably a rogue, honestly. Or a halfling. Or a halfling. A halfling! A halfling. I hate halflings. All of the halflings that I met in one of my campaigns, they were all Norgaborites. They sprung on us. They were all halflings. They were dressed up as clowns. They were Norgaborite clown halflings, and I hated them. You sound traumatized. Do you need to, like, go get therapy? No! Drow. Every time a halfling shows up in Pathfinder, Distrust. <laughs> Note to Stress self, no halfling characters with drow. Straight oh. up, though. And then I was having an argument, you know, lighthearted argument with Derek and Jacob about Norgaborite halflings. And I was like, look at the Norgabar Wikipedia page. It says halflings there. It Pathfinder says. Wiki. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's Wikipedia, basically. Not really, but. Yeah. Look at the Wiki page. That's what I meant. Anyway, if you look at it, it says halflings there. Not a lot of them. However. There's a subsection called halflings on the Norgiver page. And then if you look at halflings on the Pathfinder wiki, it's like, oh, yeah, one of their most popular gods is like a subsect of Norgerber. Very rare halflings. <laughs> okay. Very rare halflings do Norgerber. There's a god of trickery who is like Norgerber light. We're just going to call him Norg because I don't give a shit about the halfling gods. Wow, this is the ranty bonus banter today. <laughs> and a lot of a lot of them follow that god. They follow Norg, not Norgerber. So anyway, halflings ain't shit. <laughs> Drow was literally pointing at that bit on the Pathfinder wiki and like it was like the Cards Against Humanity statistically validated stereotypes. <laughs> Every halfling I've seen has worshiped Norgerber. Therefore, it's because they were clowns, too. <laughs> I hated that. Okay? Clowns are the worst. It just put a bad taste in my mouth for <laughs> adventuring NPCs. If somebody was like, oh, yeah, my name is uh, Jiminy Sparklefarts, and I'm a halfling bard, I'm going to be like, mm, I don't trust you, but I'm not going to, you know, be mean to you. It didn't help that in Forbidden Lands, the halflings also <laughs> yes. have that, like, uh-huh. the, hiding the, the yeah. bad yeah. thing going on. The like, 50s style, everything has to be the same. Anything out of place is bad. We're going to beat our children the, behind yeah. the doors. Yeah. It did not help your <laughs> prejudices. Yeah, it was the thing about the yeah. halflings. Yeah. Every race had its issues. The halflings were, they hide their problems. And their problems oh, oh, are, oh, like, I see what you're are about. like, you know, alcoholics, uh, familial abuse, but it's hidden. 
It's like, note to self, no halflings. I think Drow would prefer me to play yet another human than a halfling. To play a goblin. I would be okay if you played a halfling. (laughs) I I would keep... Just not an Orgabarite. My... I would be okay. I would be okay if you played an Orgabarite halfling. I'm going to make an Orgabarite-worshipping rogue halfling. Who dresses a whom, whom nightlights a mid? Their name what is, is it? Spotlights as a clown. Their name's going to be Gorbernor. Gorbernor <laughs> will keep my biases to myself. You play what you want, but know that even though my character might think you're great, I hate you. If if someone played a halfling in Five E, how would you feel? Does it translate? There's no Norgerber there. There's okay. no Norgerber there. I would assume they're evil still. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. They just worship Ball. They're a Ball spawn uh-huh. halfling. Yes, okay. Always be ballin'. <laughs> Doesn't Man. help that Norgerber is just everywhere and everything we play. Yeah. I hate it. She I hate it. Everywhere. All the time we get Norgerber. <laughs> Even at Emerald Spire, there was a whole floor yes! dedicated to Norgerber. Yes! yes, there was a fucking hooded figure. And I was like, oh, I wonder who this is. And you're like, oh, that's the Grey Master. And I'm like, that's one of Norgerber's fucking faces! He's got the Grandmaster! And he got the, the, the fucking finger one! And he's got the, the Reaper of Reputation! Speaking uh, of... And flesh... No. Speaking of Emerald Spire... Father Skin Saw. King of Thieves. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's an Aladdin movie. That's an Aladdin movie. Yeah. I like that one. That's a good one. I got too worked up. <laughs> Take I a breath. I started sweating in my headphones. Speaking of Emerald Spire, this will tie it back to 5e. Uh, okay. Pathfinder First Edition is fucking scary. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've, negative levels, we man. Negative levels. We ran into a white on the third level. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. You got to the end of the level. You knew it was the last thing. You were low on spells, low on abilities. And Derek says, there's an undead in here. We can handle it. I'm a it's cleric. Gonna, it's going to be a ghoul. We'll rock this. They open the the sarcophagus. A white comes out and gives three of my party members negative levels. Uh-huh. And we're level four. So like negative uh, levels are deadly. That thing it, it in, wasn't, in a few rounds could have killed us forever. I wasn't worried about us dying because like we had our saves were pretty good. It didn't hit too hard. It would be really hard to get that many negative levels to die. But like the thing is we're level four. I can't fix negative levels until I'm like level 7 mm-hmm. when I can get restoration. Oh yeah. And uh the thing about negative levels in first edition is you have 24 hours to cast restoration to get rid of all of them or then they become permanent and really hard to fix. I would like to also say that we are in the crypt of a cult of Norgerber. Well, the, I don't okay, think the continue. undead had anything to do with that to be Con- fair. Um, but like, it just makes me angrier. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But like that, this white's only CR three. We're a fourth level party. This should have been a cakewalk, mm-hmm. and it has given us things that like if we don't get back to a certain town in it time, will be thousands of gold to fix. It'll be thousands of gold to fix, and it will take us a long, mm-hmm. long time to fix it. <laughs> That's terrifying. Even longer because every time we get loot, we have to pay. Taxes. We are getting taxed in Pathfinder First Edition. But like a CR three monster is low enough to where it could be an end boss for something, and it wouldn't, by the rules of CR, be too bad for a first level party. Yep. But if a first level mm-hmm. party fought this, not only would it really hurt to get hit, if you don't make that save, a single negative level will kill you right out, and then you rise as a white spawned immediately. Or like within a couple rounds, and you just have the same ability. So like, I had a blast in that fight. Path, we like Pathfinder, but let me make no mistake: Pathfinder is 
humongously unbalanced. Five is unbalanced. So one unbalanced, is unbalanced. We yep. were, me and Jacob were talking about this because second edition Pathfinder is <sighs> very balanced. Five mm-hmm. is very unbalanced. So beautifully balanced. That's that all things said. should be. Pathfinder second edition really should not be tampered with. No. Well, yeah, sure. But like the thing about second editions, it can be hard. You can run in some really hard fights, but it's always fair. It's just like, well, this fight is set up to be very difficult, but it's fairly very difficult, right? And 1E, you can run and stomp through some fights of the same CR, and then you run into a monster like a white and get your shit pushed in. And not just <laughs> stomp through a fight at level one. Stomp through a fight at level one and only need one magic casting character to annihilate the fight. Yeah. And the rest of you can just stand there and eat pancakes. Well, to be Ooh. fair, not at level one. Magic characters are useless. Until no, no, but get past, get, get like, but like once you get like, even at a lower level, <laughs> level five is not that high. Color Everyone spray. else can just eat pancakes during Color combat. Spray. Color, Color spray, spray is good when it works, but if it doesn't yeah. work, it's really not good because if you're like level three, Color Spray is a second level spell, right? I yeah. think. If oh, you're no, level, first level. Are you sure? I'm positive. Well, see, Color Spray, uh, you're right, it is a first level spell, eh. but it mm-hmm. only affects a certain amount of hit die of creatures. Uh-huh. And... As Which far as I can rough. tell, the good effect is two hit die or less. So that really means when you're At level one. Level mm-hmm. one specifically, it's good. But when you're level one, you got like two spells. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's well worth it. And it might not work at all. It's well worth if it. If I'm choosing between color spray and magic missile. Magic missile. Magic yeah. missile is going to be useful so many more times. I'm just cuz the I've only used color spray a few times, but every time I've used it, if you usually can say group of enemies, it's always worth it. But yeah, but, but magic missile is definite damage, no yeah, matter what. I'm not arguing that's the use. I'm not talking about a spontaneous caster. I'm talking about when you prepare your spells for the day. Yeah. The times when color spray yeah. is going to be useful versus magic yeah. missile. Magic missile is guaranteed to be useful. Yeah. Yes. Works every time. And then the problem was once you get more spells at level two and three. It's like the usefulness of color spray has oh, dropped yeah. off dramatically. Yeah. Level is the level one game changer. If you say so. I do. But that's what I'm talking about. First edition, like 5e, is horrendously unbalanced. The thing about that, though, is second edition can never instill quite the same level of abject terror like first edition and 5e <gasps> kind of can. Less so 5e, more first edition. First edition. Because if you walk up on a white or a shadow at low level in first edition. A shadow. Edition, you're oh. fucked. Yeah. yeah. And like you got to think hard about what you're going to do. Shadows are terrifying. Because they'll kill you. And shadows exist in 2e. But uh-huh. they do negative damage as opposed to. Uh, uh, um, void. I'll negative damage fight. as opposed to straight <laughs> strength, strength damage, damage yeah. which is terrifying. Didn't we fight a shadow in um, Rise of the Rune Lords? In, Probably yes, you did. In we fought in the first misgivings. No, in the end of the first book, shadows are in most things. I but think, but shadows are so bad. Yeah, and shadows like again, if they kill you with strength damage, specifically in first edition, you come back as a shadow spawn. Um, if so you not get, only yeah. did you lose a party member, you gain an enemy. If you get taken yeah. down to zero strength normally, you're just unconscious. But like shadows have a very specific thing about them. And in second edition, it's actually kind of cool. Um, they can rip off your shadow. 
Yes. What? Like, mm-hmm. well, what? It, this doesn't kill you. So keep in mind, shadows in second edition they do negative energy damage. Yeah. Uh, so they, it's just Void. damage. But one of their special abilities is they can yank off a part of your shadow, and if they get four parts of it, a lesser shadow spawns. And they can only ever make one. They can only ever make one. If you die, it becomes a regular shadow. So it's it doesn't kill you right out. It's got a spe- neat ability, which is what makes two E special. Is it's neat abilities and also instead of taking strength damage because mm-hmm. that doesn't exist in 2e what you take is you get enfeebled yeah. which is basically mm-hmm. a big penalty of strength and it can take you up to enfeebled like four and it's I a think. lot easier to fix enfeebled than it is strength damage and basically it oh has boy. to get you to enfeebled three and then it can take your shadow um the art for it in 2e is really good i'll, I'll share this this is from the nethis page on it check that out that's the 2e shadow art and if we're talking about comparing, uh, uh, oh, that's such cool art. One e to two e, the white and one e just straight up gives you negative levels. You have twenty four hours to get rid of that, and if you don't make your roll at the end of twenty four hours, it's permanent. That's one and, e. Yeah, that's I'm talking about one e. In uh, two e, you can sleep it off. Yeah, because you get drained. You get drained, not negative levels. So it's it's it, the balance for two e is fantastic. The balance for 1E has a lot to be desired, but I think I agree with you. In 2E, it's a lot harder to see something and be like, oh no. Yeah, the only thing that I found is really scary in 2E is persistent damage. Yeah. And persistent yeah. damage is not scary at all Until when you you're down. full on hit points. Everybody and then when you get cat. low on hit points, it becomes terrifying. Persistent bleed. That's, I think, one of my <laughs> only complaints about second no. edition is mm-hmm. because the balance is so tight, there's not as much wild variance in the fight sometimes. And that's a fair trade, I think, because, again, things are fair and it's more about tactics and teamwork. Than researching, you know, a million and one websites to make sure you get the exact uh, feats. And if you don't pick this class, you're not going to be effective. Well, that's for that's the character building side of things, which is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the Was encounter I a bit side of too things. Too impassioned. Like yes, character side of things, it's a very good trade. But like the encounter experience side of things is it doesn't feel quite as varied because there's a lot more weird things with strength damage and ability score drain and all this. Like, There's a lot of things that can happen to you in Pathfinder 1E that are scary and weird and you can't protect against versus everything's conditions in 2E. And that makes mm-hmm. sense and it's really easy to balance like that. But there's this cool variance. But again, it's I don't know if I would trade it off mm. because on the other hand... Because everything's so wild and one e it has the same problem as 5e does, where it's really hard to make encounters balance just by reading stats, because it varies for your party. The CR system is just a suggestion. Yeah. Um, it's a yeah. suggestion. Versus 2e has the encounter builder budget thing, and it works really good. But I, will, I would argue that like things can feel not as, as deadly? dynamic and deadly as they do in 1e. But it's because they're more fair. Um, the, the the way they cover it really well in 2E is by giving almost every monster not just an attack and hit points, but special abilities to do with their actions. Yeah. That's the biggest gripe with 5E is everything, especially at low level, is just hit points and attacks. And that's it. There's no one cool thing. Every, almost every yeah. monster in second edition Pathfinder has one cool thing. Like the shadows is ripping your shadow mm-hmm. off. One of the things I've heard about 5E is at higher levels, it becomes a, a, a bullet sponge, for lack of a better term. 
Or like Pathfinder yeah. 1E where it becomes rocket tag with spells. Yeah. <laughs> like who casts Banish first, you know? Yeah. Or Wish or Counterspell or whatever it is. Ooh. The gods in 5e aren't very well fleshed out. Well, which ones? Well, that's, that's my that's, problem. That's lore uh -huh. stuff. Yeah. yeah, that's... Like, Forgotten Realms they are, but you had, you can't get that from the 5e book. You gotta go mm -hmm. digging in the Forgotten Realms trove of lore. <laughs> and the god of magic has died, like, three times. <laughs> they they do keep dead. bringing the gods back in D&D in yeah, lore, and killing I've them again. Yeah. Mistra's died three times? That's what I was saying. Yeah, like, three yeah. times. It's wild. Magic um, is dead. Melee and range only. And then there's Fori that made the spell plague happen and then no one liked it. So they just said, you know what? <laughs> Maybe nah. that didn't. Forget about it. <laughs> Forget <laughs> about Literally, what? The, the god. Some, some plague in oh, okay. the lore. So there was like some thing that made like this blue fire eat magic and magic users and magic items is called the spell plague. And oh, it, okay. There's a thing that happened because of the like the over god named Ao, which is a very fun god oh. name. Oh. Uh, and then basically, god damn it, Steve. <laughs> and basic because like these two worlds were like merging from between the planes. I don't remember all the yeah, details. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then fifth edition came out, and instead of just retconning, they just had in lore things that undid the spell plague. Basically, <laughs> lore's weird, bro. Forget that. Weird. Just bring in the blood mist. In the Forbidden Lands. And blood mist in everything. Uh-huh. I don't see how that changes the spell plague, but Blood sure. mist in everything. They really like, in Forgotten Realms lore, making magic not work because the god of magic died or something happened mm -hmm. to the weave. It's weird. I, oh, no. Talk about Norgerber again. No. No. We need you to take better care of yourself. And just you have a already bit. had a 10-minute rant about Just a Norgerber. little bit. This is something cool, though. One of his emissaries is called the Secret Shadow. It's a shadow. In life, this is this is a person who knew Norgerber in life before he became a god. They kind of went back and forth like, ha ha, you almost got me. I'm almost going to get you now. Ha ha. I've ascended to godhood. You knew who I was, so I'm going to kill you. I'm going to strip you of your identity. You don't know anything, and now you're going to serve me. And I think that's pretty neat. That's the <laughs> one cool thing neat. about Norgerber. I just think it's he, neat. He, he... Fully crossed his T's and dotted his I's. And you know what? Respect. Respect. Are we done talking about Norgerber? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm talking about Norgerber again. It's it's a real love-hate relationship, unfortunately. Mostly hate, though. I'm going to be sick. <laughs> so we've talked about a lot. We've talked about a lot. Do we have any questions from our viewers? No, we actually don't have anything today. Um, hmm. We made this because I felt like talking about 5e. <laughs> <laughs> I had things to say. And we hadn't done anything new in such a long time. Capital T things to say about 5e, bro. Um, Someone say praise Norgaber. God, can we please stop talking about Norgaber? <laughs> stop talking about Norgaber! Stop, stop talking about Norgaber! <laughs> Quit trying to make Norgaber a thing. It's not going to be a thing. <laughs> Too late. Norgaber's getting upset! <laughs> well, if we don't, since we don't have any questions, uh, and we've talked about Norgerber and Five E for way too long, I think we're going to wrap it up there. Okay. Welcome to the, the end of this ranty bonus banter. <laughs> Sorry. We're finally healthy, and we have things to say. Uh huh. It, that's that's what it really is. We hadn't recorded in so long. We had to get our rants out. So we'll bye. catch you later. Bye, bye. Remember, everybody, legalize nuclear bombs. <laughs> bye. Bye. Oh boy. <laughs> Praise Norgerber. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Bonus Banter. 
If you enjoyed it, please consider subscribing, rating, and reviewing us. If you would like to submit a question or comment for bonus banter, please use the Google form linked in the episode description. If you want to see more from us, check out our website, thirdgallon.com, or follow us on Twitter. We're at thirdgallon, that's T-H-I-R-D gallon. We are also on threads, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook with the same handle, at thirdgallon. We also publish a video version of this podcast on YouTube, which you can find on our channel, The Third Gallon Podcast. If you'd like to support the show, check out our coffee page. You can find us at coffee.com slash third gallon. That's ko-fi.com forward slash third gallon. The theme music for Bonus Banter was composed by Alexander Nakarada. You can find more of his work at serpentsoundstudios.com and support him at patreon.com slash anakarada. That's patreon.com slash A-N-A-K-A-R-A-D-A. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.